Hey everybody, welcome back to Torchlight Tavern. My name is Jameson Oxford, today I'll be your dungeon master in our real play, 5th edition, Don't Wake Daddy podcast. <gasps> I've never even played this game before, so this one's gonna be wild. I technically played it IRL, but yeah. I didn't even know that was a game. Yeah. Can we play it? Eagle Con, Streaming? 2022. Is that gonna work? Like, uh, we'll see. Okay, it works for me. I can turn my speakers up real loud. Real loud. Anyway. What the fuck is Don't Wake Daddy? It's a board game, man. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out as we go. Yeah, we're about to read the rules. Yeah. We are Real Play 5th Edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast. We focus on narrative-driven storytelling and blah de blah de blah And it's time to start up a new arc. So go ahead and take a little bit more time than you would describing your characters. Well, hey, guys. I'm Ryan. I play... You didn't give him the intro. Wow. Hold on. You didn't give him the intro. What intro? You always give him the intro. Oh. You always go... At my table today is... Yeah. I just went ahead and jumped into it, man. What I specifically say that Ryan doesn't like is playing with me today. No, I hate it. Is... <laughs> Thanks, Ryan's Jeff. You're right. I almost missed it. with Jay. God damn it. Hey, guys. It's me. It's Ryan. I'm back again. I'm happy to be here. As usual, I play number nine. I'm a warforged artificer. I make the things. Sometimes I do the shoot eventually. And with me today, not playing with me. They're just with me. What are they? Who are they? We'll find out. I can play with you, baby. Is Mitchell Travis. Go. Oh, shit. It's me. I, I don't know these things, guys. The beauty of it is that it could be either of you. Yes. This was just my wholehearted incompetence. Speaking of wholehearted incompetence, I play Aderu, who is not nearly as incompetent as his dice make him. He is the, hang on, let me make sure I can get this straight. The druid playing, sorry, the barbarian playing a druid, playing a hobgoblin, playing a mercenary. A dude playing a dude disguised as another dude? Yeah! Then you're a fool! Hell yeah. Listener, I'd like to say that as we play, whatever he just said will make sense to you if you're new to the show, but it won't. It won't. It won't make sense to you. It barely makes sense to nine. Yeah. I have two personas. One of them is Halor, the super good boy follows orders, Kenorian hobgoblin mercenary. And the real character is Aderu, the uh, barbarian that thinks he's a druid because the idiot doesn't know better. Indoctrination sucks. He has a persona and a fursona, and they're different. Jeff, who are you playing? Yes. Joining you at the tavern today is Jeffrey Lisk. Uh, and I will be playing. Uh, Rayisk, also known as uh, designation C3P4, or Seth for short. Slippery, slippery fish boy. I am a homebrew race based roughly on the Vidalcan called a Crustkin. And I am a rogue, though that may change in the near future. And I'm excited to get into today. All right. And uh, we're starting up a new arc. They're gonna. They're, we're starting up a new batch of problems for our our boys. Oh. They've gotten through my first set of adventures, so to speak. What's the parabolic path? And we're finally arriving in Santitas. We did a bunch of downtime activities that we didn't want to bog the episode with. A lot of dice rolling and crunchiness that I will explain, but we aren't gonna do for you. He just means murder. Yeah, we'll explain that. Your downtime is um, haunting. It's dark. Yeah, it's real dark. It's dark. I saved lives. These are not heroes, ladies and gentlemen. I saved lives. It was dark, but I could see it because I have eyes of night. Dark vision goggles. Yes, yeah, speaking of which, 
Ryan Hi. just finished his downtime of creating the first magic item of the game. As an artificer, he has made magic item. It exists. It is not just an Im- What's the word? An imbuing? What do you call those that you do? A, a, a thing. Yeah, that. But- Infusion. Yes, those. Infusion. It's not just an infusion. No, I made a thing. And I'm really happy for you. Thank you. We did establish that you already paid the gold. That's fine. But you're not getting away with this one last thing. Oh, wait. I need you to roll a d10. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. Join us today for the drink table. Oh, no. I forgot about the jank table. We only talked about it one time, but when he makes a magic item, he needs the gold, half the price of a magic item. Hey. He needs the time, and he needs special doohickey, like... Materials. Yeah, like something magical to imbue, typically, so that the magic stays and sinks. Yeah, like a phoenix feather. If he gets rid of any one of those things, he has to roll on the jank table. Mm. What'd you roll? Jay, I got, I got a five. Right. So, oh, this one's going to be weird for me to process. So, you rolled <laughs> excess power. What? Anytime the item is used, it has a 50% chance to cause 1d6 damage of an appropriate type to leap out, hurting both the bearer and anyone within five feet of them. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Congratulations, Ryan. Your eyeballs shoot radiant lasers. Yes, I, it is going to be radiant damage. It will do a d6 damage when you activate them. To you and anyone next to you. Occasionally, I'm going to turn them on and they're just going to be way too bright. <laughs> yes. If you're new to our show, our current D&D world is going through a bit of an industrial revolution and Ryan is playing an artificer, which means we're going to play with what makes artificers magic items different than like, you know, the ancient sword of blah, blah, blah that lights on fire and kills its enemies. No, his items are, if not done properly, janky and weird. And we like janky and weird here. So, all right. And then you guys uh, kind of already used up your downtime with a question that I had for you, which was, you guys just killed an Inquisitor. Good for you. It's actually pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. And your new Inquisitor friend says he's going to take care of the paperwork, but there were 17 people who witnessed it, and the question had come up previously of whether or not they'd go along with that plan of just sort of saying that Vivaldi lost his mind. And so we decided to handle that in downtime as well. And they rolled some checks. Adario decided that he really liked his homies and he was gonna get them all in line. And he talked to them and found out that about seven of them could not be convinced. And so talked to Rayask, and Rayask being very afraid of his everything catch being blown. How, how, do, you, how do you phrase that? Blast, blast your catch. Yeah, you didn't want his catch blasted, right? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I heard it recently. I'm going with it. Blast my cache is to uh, delete all of my internet history if I die. Oh, your cache, your internet cache. Accurate! No, this is accurate. That works. That, that... Blast my cache. Yeah. Blast my cache. For the love of God, if I die, blast my cache. I will blast your cash all over Google, Ryan. Everyone will know. <laughs> he talked to Rayask. Rayask definitely wanted his cash blasted before they reached Santitas. Yeah. He killed them all. Listen, I got a little red in my ledger, and I just want to wipe it clean. You've got red on you. Yeah, he's got red on him now. So seven of the men did not make it with them to Santitas as they arrived seven days later seven. from the last episode. The other men, as far as Rayask and Adaru are aware, 
think that it all happened during travel as accidents. People were weak. It's been a rough travel. They've blamed it on animal attacks. They've blamed it on this and that. But essentially, as far as you know, everybody just thinks that this travel, this particular journey has been cursed. It, it, it has been. Risk is uncertain. Okay, Risk. So last time on Torchlit Tavern, I mean, during our session, we talked about your relationship with uh, your boss, the one you uh, had contract with. Have you had any resolution with that? There has... It, it became complicated. But there is some version of resolution. But, uh... But, uh... Upon achieving that, there is a lot in question. Well, what do you... What, what do you mean, Reyes? Would you like to explain more about that? It's difficult to explain. Yeah, they were decapitates him. Good move. We ain't, we ain't waiting for round three. Yes, I like that. Good, good idea. You know, good that's idea. fair. Every Inquisitor is possessed by a devil. Okay, well, we can come back to it. Something you notice as she speaks to you, and Jeff, I'm going to have to have you send me your cheat sheet because Avon changes colors while she speaks to you now. She seems to have looked it up and is casting a minor illusion while she talks. Oh, I love it. I, I do too. As Avon speaks to you, watch her change to the colors that you change to when you're being submissive or when you're trying to give way to somebody else in a conversation. So, Raisk, is, um, is there anything that is on your mind lately? Yes, many things are on my mind. I've been without, without any of the... Your medication. Yes, any medication for nine days. My shoulders won't stop hurting and itching. I've, I've had to take my armor off. I've, I, I worry there is a change in leadership uh, or management ahead that may make my life more difficult. I've... I fear being told I will have to go back to the apotheosis. And do you think this fear will manifest the moment you arrive in Santitas, which I understand you are only a day away? Um, I sit there and sort of stare off for a second, and I am uncertain. Reyes' skin um, sort of flutters with these uh, orange zigzags, zigzag pattern. Uh, that would resemble, to a certain extent, like a heart monitor, is the way I picture it. I see that the idea of arriving in Santitas is causing you a great deal of, um, distress. You're uncertain, yes? She checks her notes and does the same colors that you do. Yes, uncertain would be a word for it. Okay, if it seems that you don't like talking about your boss, and you don't like talking about your near future, is there something you'd like to talk about in the last, that's happened in the last few weeks? In our last few sessions, you mentioned that you were starting to get a little bit closer to a couple of your, your platoon mates, uh, Halor and number nine, I believe. Yes, I was, but with recent developments, it has become clear that they either do not wish to or cannot understand the things that I've been through. That pain goes beyond you, friend. It goes to many outside of the privacy. That is their grasp on the world. It's that pain you feel in your soul. 
that you seek to darken spirits. I seek to take away that darkness. And Raisk, how how are they supposed to understand the things you've been through if they have not been through your traumas? The only way they can understand is if you taught them. Have you? You should know at this point, there's very little I can tell them about my trauma. Then if, if you do not feel that you can explain your trauma to them, then why do they need to understand your trauma to get close to you? It... It seems that you have created a sort of circle where no one can get close. They either don't understand your trauma or you cannot explain it, but there's always an excuse for why they cannot break through the wall. It's not just a matter of explanation. There are things that I dare not say. There are, there are points I've tried to make and there are experiences, feelings, physical feelings. I've tried to share, but try as I might, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like they are trying to understand, merely criticizing, but they are not from the primacy and have no understanding of what it's like here. I thought that number nine was made in the primacy. She's older than you are. Yes, but never treated like a citizen. Maybe we should take me back to the Maker to get looked at. I was never going to take you to the Maker. You are a tool for me, and you will do as I say. You are going to give me access to the Maker's lab beneath Santitas. So that makes her less able to understand your plight? Parts of it, yes. I feel like I understand your situation fairly well. It's taken many sessions for us to get here, but I have less in common with you than it seems this creation number nine does. That's what I thought as well. I I come from a very different background than you, Raisk. Um... From the beginning, I was assigned to this platoon, and then we went to a town to persuade them to join the primacy. We are under, they are under attack by Nulls. They have assaulted the village. Vivaldi sits down in the chair, casually puts his boots up on the man's table. Hi! I can't agree to that. You need to help us with the Nulls. Kill his gods. The dependency of Freehill is now under our protection. In the pursuit of that, I nearly lost my life in a cave versus some gnolls. But you also see that Reyesk has climbed out of the water, and he reaches out, and he grabs the stone and yanks it out, and then slides back into the water. And rising from it, you see three obsidian-colored fleshy forms stand up. Their skin is bumpy, but smooth like a toad's, and they hunch like mutant apes with elongated arms ending in wicked nails. All along their faces and bodies, you see jagged cracks from which light struggles to escape their forms. Then, keep going. We begin. We begin the road to Sentitis, where we ran into another platoon assaulting a tower with a knight of the Golden Rose. My name is Robert. We captured the knight and took the tower. I'm number nine. You're under arrest. From there. Along the road, we began to be attacked and ambushed by the broken circle in the forest. They starved us and deprived us of water. I don't need water. We're keeping them from getting it. They're going to die of thirst. Well, all I'm saying is why be waiting to lure them to the river? You can be having water wherever you want it. There's no river. Well, then I don't want to even be bothering trying to help you about them. You don't need to help us. That's why you're stupid. Until we arrived at the river which was dry. A fight ensued with the Broken Circle members. 
during which I became closer, or on our way to which I became closer with our lore. As you turn around, Sukal is there. I told you that he's speaking with the ones above you. Doof and Throot are dead, but you knew this already. You're wrong. They're dead, Adero. As you collide with Sukal, you crush her. I learned more of his Kalorian customs after the battle that we had against the Broken Circle. Water was returned. At that point, things became strained with our commanding officer. Vivaldi. Yes. I feel like this platoon has lost track of how things work. Everybody needs to roll initiative as you watch the, the little bead of energy of Vivaldi's finger flare. Itch. I'm uncertain how much I can tell you before the debrief, but... I understand. From there, we made our way the rest of the journey to Santitas. You left out the nature of your work for Vivaldi. Uh, I know what the Apotheosis did. Did you have to kill any people on your way there? Not in my normal capacity. Under Vivaldi, I have been treated as a foot soldier and tossed into any battle he saw fit. It has been harrowing. Has he made you kill anyone recently? I've had to kill recently within the last 10 days. Well, if you're willing, let's discuss your feelings on that. So, I may have already read this a couple episodes ago, but you know. DMing is hard. Pacing is weird. I'm doing a show. Facts. It's getting late on the final day of your journey. But before you even crest the final hill, you can see the glow of Santitas radiating over the horizon line. The artificer-crafted lights of the city shining like a prismatic sunrise. Santitas sits in a small dale of sparse trees, the south side of the city carrying up slightly to a short cliff made higher by sturdy stone walls. Along the cliff bottom, a small meandering stream rolls gently, the city itself backed up to a much more carefully crafted manor castle. A fortress surrounded itself by stone walls at the end of a large park-like courtyard. The top of this castle sports a strange tower that looks recently constructed, capped with a strange spindle ending in a tremendous red jewel that spins slowly. It is clear that as it grew, there was no rhyme or reason, a town built more out of necessity and reaction to stimulus than by any sane design. Two to three story buildings made of whatever material the inhabitants could get a hold of. Well made but chaotic in origins and spacing. Small personal hovels seem to butt up directly to gargantuan taverns and halls, which sit like temples to garish gods. You can't make out details, but it appears some are constructed with strange motifs and statuary outside. And down by the front gate to Santitas, you see there is a long line of people waiting to get in, which isn't strange for any city under primacy control. You have to get processed as you enter. And they check your travel documents, they check your credentials, they see who the fuck you are coming into any town. It is difficult to travel from city to city without permission. As you guys are standing on the hill overlooking everything, Foe is standing with all of you, and Foe turns to Aderu and he says, Alright, hello. We finally reached Santitas. Have you, uh, have you gotten the men in line? Uh, is everything squared away? They need to have a story straight, and we can't have any loose ends, or everything that you and I are both working for is up in smoke. As I said from the start, 
is not a problem. Anything that looked like problem has been resolved. Just like that, huh? It was better than your alternative of none of them, yes? Your offer was to take zero, I chose to take nine. I still think that it is a mistake. And if it was up to me, we wouldn't have had to kill any of them, because we wouldn't have killed Vivaldi already. It was not up to me either. Right, because you have had no influence on anything that has happened in the last two weeks. You did not start that fire, but I fueled it in the direction that suited me best. Fair enough. He turns to Seth and Nine, and he nods at them. When we arrive in Santitas, it is best that you all say that you work for me. If your documents still say Vivaldi's name, we will tell them Vivaldi is dead and you are under my command. Me being an Inquisitor, we should be able to just bully our way through most paperwork problems. And I will make it my business to fix it in the back end. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. It does not matter to me. Number nine. You are, as I stated, your own person. But if anyone asks, you should tell them you are the property of Inquisitor Fall. Okay. An errant Warforged wandering Santitas will be quickly corralled and sold. Why? Because you are property, and if you cannot prove you belong to someone, then that you will be resold to someone. Would it be weirder if I said I belong to the Maker? I think it would be, yes. Okay. Are we concerned about the sudden loss of men? It has been a hard journey. That is the story, right, Alor? Story? It was unfortunate times. The woods, many things. Ravenous, changelings, creatures, earth sign, many things. Many accidents happened. Very unfortunate. We left with 40 men. We now have nine. Rayisk, uh, his eyes are kind of darting around under his, under his cloak with the hood rays. But when that comes up, he says many accidents have happened. Rayisk slowly nods. <laughs> Right. I mean, even Jackson was here just yesterday, and now he's gone. You think he just ran off? Yes, nine. I, I think it is possible. He's going to go ahead and roll a deception. <laughs> I'm going to assist. It appears that Jackson attempted to desert and had the misfortune of being found by Cat. It's a 24. We will, of course, report to superiors and family that he was lost in battle to save his pinch. Going to see about getting all these men a nice stipend and then having them have some time off to send It's only a 19 inside, so you guys are good. Yeah, got a 24, <laughs> yeah. So as far as 9 is aware, people just had accidents or some of them ran off. Okay. Listen, people die. No need to worry about it. Okay. When we get down there, um, you're going to come with me? I would like to roll inside against that one. Okay. That was a 16 insight. What color was Rayisk when he said it? <laughs> yeah, what's the, what's the color when you lie? <laughs> I, I would like to roll to aid Rayisk, and uh, Adairu just gets uncomfortably close behind nine. No need to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't help. <laughs> Go ahead and roll with advantage, uh, right? <laughs> Wait, shit, I gave nine advantage an accident, damn it. My skin says, currently, and has for a good chunk of time, it's been blue and black hexagonal pattern. What is that one again? And that has been relatively unchanged. That's the Daru colors. Right? For probably days. Yeah. Agitated. Got it. And. Yeah, they were colors. It's a standard skin color. I don't know if you. 
When he's around Adaro, he's just the most rest, like he's the most at peace. He's relaxed around you. You really put him at ease. <laughs> he just becomes himself around you. Uh. <laughs> um, and your your insight role lets you know that he is on edge, but you have reasons to back up why he's on edge. Yeah, I know what's up. You're like, ah, yes, we discussed how he's. This isn't new. He's got problems. Yeah. All right. Yes. Bad things happen all the time. There is no reason to be alarmed, Nine. And everyone knows the story. Everyone knows what went wrong. They will question why so many of us died. But we all know how it went down. Okay. So yeah, you guys get in the queue to get into Santitas. And as you guys slowly move through, it takes you a little while. Eventually, you come across a gibbet. Next to the line is a series of gallows. And there are six men that are hung there, varying races. And the sign below, painted in red on a wooden sign, it just says 500 Mercat reward for all dissidents. So you pass the line of people that have been hung. And at that point, Foe just sort of looks at everything. And then he says, this is taking too long. I'm going to push my weight around. Come on. I am an Inquisitor. I do not wait in the queue. And he just goes to the front of the line and drags y'all with him. I try not to look at the hanging bodies for too long. Uh, Nine's eyes are just wide in wonderment because there's the city. Wow, look. There's so much going on. I know. Look at all this hustle and bustle that I'm not used to. Absolutely. You're not even in the city yet. Didn't you come from Porta Sin Mar? That's where he started this this show, but he came from Santitas originally. It's been like six days. It's been two weeks or more. (laughs) So... It's miles of carts, wagons, and pilgrims can be seen stretching away from, once you get close, you realize this large metal archway, complete with solid wooden doors. As you get closer, you see that the arch itself is inlaid with panel after panel of milky jade stone. Each time someone steps forward, the large archway thrums like an untuned bass, as they are marched to have their paperwork checked on by a primacy city guard. As you get closer, you can hear a loud voice speaking with every processed traveler. Hi, welcome to Santitas. Thank you for using Yoongate. As you pull up, you see that it flashes like a dull purple when somebody comes up. And immediately, there are a handful of guards backed by two very tall Warforged who step forward and intercept the man and start going over his paperwork to make sure that there's not a problem. Foe pushes up in front of everyone and he puts his hand out to help you, have you guys stop. And then he goes up and he starts talking to the men at the gate. And he starts to like wave his hands. It looks like he's trying to like say that, hey, this, this group is going to flag. And, you know, let us in. Do you guys do anything while you're waiting for him? Or anything like that? Uh, Halor initially just follows on his heel, like Halor always does with his commanding officer. And then he tells him to stop, and he's just like, uh, <laughs> okay. And then he just sort of stands there. I wave at anyone that makes prolonged eye contact with me. You see, most people do not. You wave at somebody who glances at you, and they immediately look away. I am confused and saddened by this, but I will let it go. <laughs> I think that this is probably something he handled before he was in the queue, but Reyes has probably stashed anything that he thinks he shouldn't have, either like tucked away someplace that you couldn't find it and on his bag in his bag or whatever, or just in his mouth. Cephala pocket. <laughs> What'd that mouth do? Hide contraband. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, those damnation bullets and that ring. That he knows he shouldn't have? He looks like a chipmunk. Sure. 
Yeah, those are those are definitely something that could cast dispersions. You you hid those away. Put them in your satyr pocket. He doesn't have a satyr sack, okay? It's not a satyr. I'm gonna use a story point. As you're digging through your stuff and you're hiding things, like just before you get there, you realize there's one more thing that you, you just don't want called to attention, and it's that stone in your pocket. Yes, of course. You've stashed everything else away. When you pick that one up, you when you pick it up, you immediately feel a searing pain in your hand. And no matter what you do, you can't seem to drop it. You're gonna take 1d6 damage, and it's going to fuse with the palm of your hand. Um, oh fuck! Like fully embed itself halfway in. Damn. Yeah. Uh, Rude. I actually, even though I started to make noise, I think that it is more natural for Reyes to silently, like, make pained expressions. <laughs> like a cat. He's just shaking his hand unbelievably fast. Yeah. Like his brow furrows, and he's like, his teeth are even more bearing. I also thought about this recently. I think that you know how like. When a shark's jaws snap separate from their mouth looking. Oh, yeah. I think his jaws kind of do that every now and again. So he's, like, snapping the jaws Ugh. more than his mouth is moving. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> grabbing his hand. He looks like a cat that stepped on tape. I don't like it. <laughs> All right. Roll me a constitution check as Foe turns back to you guys and starts waving everyone forward towards the guards. Oh, fuck. I'm doing this now? I thought I would have done it before I was in the yeah. queue. Nope. Right the fuck now. It's still hurting you. It's, uh... You've been fighting with it. Okay. He's a story point. It happens when I say it does. Fuck, it sure does. <laughs> a con save, you said? That doesn't really matter. 15. 15? You get yourself under control as, like, you bare your teeth and close your lips around it, and you just look like your normal agitated self. Mm-hmm. Who's going to know the difference? No one. They don't know you. Yeah. They don't know you. Risk, are you okay? I look at my hand, and I, I, like, pinch the stone into my palm and take a deep breath. Yes, fine. Oh, okay. And then uh, get kind of dodgy with that and just move along. As uh, you guys step forward, you hear the voices once again as you cross under the Yoon Gate. Hi, welcome to Santitas. Thank you for using Yoon Gate. Er, er. Hi. Er, 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 as everyone moves forward. Oh, also, Reyes already has his papers out because he's aware how this is supposed to work, so. Sure, yeah. Now, anybody familiar? All the men are pulling out their IDs, their military IDs, which kind of you, you can travel provided you're with a commanding officer. Um, oh, do you need my receipt? Foe looks at you and he shakes his head. As you guys get catch up to Foe, he's like, as I said, the Warforge belongs to me. This mercenary is under contract with me, and this this being is with Apotheosis. These men are under my command. We lost our commanding officer during our travel. This is a secret mission, and uh, we do not wish it put on the books. Halor wasn't expecting the Yoon Gate to go off because he's never seen one of these things before. He was just, like, copying them in, so he has, like, his paperwork in one hand, and he has his belt and his swords in the other. And when he walks through the gate, it's like it's like when the alarm goes off at Walmart and you didn't buy anything, and you just, like, stand... You turn around and you look at the guard like, I don't have anything. Do I go? Do yes. I stay? Like, like, what do I do? That is the perfect energy. Um, Or just say hi and come on. Uh, hello. And then Halor just walks through. <laughs> um, as you try to go by... He tries to wave you through, and one of the men does stop. stops him. And he's like, yes, I understand, Inquisitor, but you still must follow protocol. And I need to check their paperwork, even if I do not write anything down. Um, can you provide us with the mercenary's paperwork? Also, uh, I, I need proof that he's with apotheosis. Like, uh, do you have any documentation to back any of this up? Halora's just standing there holding his paperwork out. He doesn't know who to, he's just holding it out. Yeah. 
Foe snaps his fingers and he like reaches over to you to grab your paperwork, Adero, and he takes it from you and he's like, yes, see, right here. It's, it's under contract with Vivaldi and blah, 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 blah. See, all is good. And he tries to not show it to him and give it back to Adero and one of the band's like, no, 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 no. You said the contract was with Vivaldi. Who is Vivaldi? I told you. Former superior officer. Yes, he died. Reporting to current superior officer, Inquisitor Foe, here. Yes, we lost a high inquisitor on the road. Hence why I am not here to explain things to you. Do you understand? It is not good for people to know that a high inquisitor was killed. Uh, fuck it. I'll let it be just two dice roll. Foe tries to intimidate your way through. Fuck yeah. Can I assist Foe in this intimidation? Um, I'm going to say you're a little bit distracted with what just happened to you, and he doesn't need the help. You watch him browbeat these two men, and you see them kind of, they quickly peruse everyone's paperwork, but other than that, they do not bother the three of you, and then they get waved on, and because eventually the man's just like, I, okay, fine, get this done. There's so many waiting for, to get in anyway. The heck with it. Uh, enjoy Santitas. And you guys all turn and are greeted by... You too! <laughs> um, th thank you! You're welcome! Well, Nine knows best, so as Halor leaves, he just waves and says, hello, and uh, <laughs> continues walking. That's like saying you two to, to your waiter when they're like, have a good meal. Exactly. You too. <laughs> that is the exact energy that I was giving. <laughs> hello. Coughing Nine because she appears to know the customer. <laughs> you too. As you guys turn around and look, you find yourself on a large main street, this huge thoroughfare, and you look straight ahead, and the city of Santitas was chaos from above, but you realize that this one street is like the straightest street in this whole city. And on either side, as you guys are walking, are these towering temple-like buildings. When you pass them, you realize that the, the construction isn't really of stone. It looks like they made them out of plaster, like they faked the fronts of these buildings. But they're all made to look like these garish buildings. But quick glimpses of people coming in and out, and when you look through some of the windows, it looks more like there's a tavern atmosphere on the inside. It doesn't look like they are religious institutions. And Nine, you haven't been to Santatus in a long time. Most of these things are new to you. And Adero, you've never been within the city walls, even though you lived in this area, so... You're not familiar with them either. Foe turns to you all and he's like, Welcome to the great city of Santitas where anything can be had and there's all sorts of fun. Um, these are the... It's very different. These are the gambling halls that are very popular. What? Why? What is that for? People like to risk their money for the chance to win money. Oh. What is the point of chance game? Hmm. I don't see the the appeal, really, but you know every time you've done anything in the last two weeks, how you think you're going to win it big, but you could die at any moment? Yeah. I'm not going to die. Yes. Well, that risk. People are chasing that. They're chasing dying? No, they're chasing failure. They're chasing success. It's complicated. Okay. Uh, as you guys passed one of the biggest... Is that the Maker's House? That's a porta party. You guys get to the middle, uh, like the end of the road, and there's a truly huge building. He looks up at the, the building and goes, No, Nine, this is not the Maker's home. This is the Golden Garter. It is the oldest uh, arcade, what do they call them? Gambling house, seek women. I, it's anything you want can be found there. 
I immediately go inside and look for the maker. No, not the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Halor, still following Nine, uh, just says, Hello. <laughs> Reyes walks up. It's a place where people service their vices. Come. Uh, I... You, once we settle in, you can go check out the casinos, okay? It's not not now, though. It's... I We have business, please. Hello. What? Just every time someone makes eye contact <laughs> with Halor, he just waves and says hello. Uh-huh. People just awkwardly waving. I just want little candies that say number nine on it. There are so many half-naked women making direct eye contact with Alora as he walks down the street. <laughs> yeah. Hello. I imagine this is somewhere between Vegas and the red light district in Amsterdam. That's probably insane. Yeah, roll a wisdom save to see if one of these random women are trying to convince you to get into a casino. <laughs> Have you ever seen a cat when the cat realizes it's somewhere it's not supposed to be and it turns into a liquid and just kind of scoots along the floor? That's effectively what Halora is doing. He's trying to do it in formation so it's not working well, but uh, Halora ain't going nowhere. Speaking of which, yeah, Halora, you're sort of getting culture shock right now. As you walk down the streets, it's incredibly crowded. There are these, like I said, there's these women and men in various states of undress. Every time you stop and make eye contact and say hello to somebody, they hand you a fucking pamphlet. Lord's head is full of this <laughs> crap. Whatever this shit is. Yeah, it's just full of pamphlets. And also, of note to Halor and everybody, is that every single corner of every city block, you see a new state-of-the-art Warforge. 19 to stealth. Okay. I rolled that a long time ago. I knew it would come up. <laughs> you just sort of disappear into the men. The nine men that are traveling with you guys still. You just sort of blend in with them. It's not hard. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, you, 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 you're normal height, so you blend right in. You're Assassin's Creeding. Yeah, you're Assassin's Creeding. You're blending. <laughs> oh, if I can stealth to do that, I also wish to do that. Sure. I'm even going to scrunch down. Sure, you can. Yeah, uh, 18. Yeah, you and Halor both just sort of start blending with the crowd as best you can as you watch these nine-foot-tall Warforged units scanning everywhere you go. Death machine, death machine, I don't like the death machine. In the mile that you have covered of the main strip, Adaru thinks that he has counted at least 50. That's a lot of anxiety. Ein has waved to every single one of them. Not one of them has waved back. No, no reaction whatsoever. There is... No personality in any of these things. They very much are, are machines. As you guys keep going, Fo says, So, as I said, we are going to have the men disband. I'm going to tell them they are no longer working for us and that they can resubmit to a barracks to get their next orders. These men are good to go. Um, You're firing them? No, I'm giving them leave. Oh. Give them a stipend, give them some money, let them spend some time in Santitas. And then they'll have to check back in with a bar barracks or be considered AWOL, but... I think they've been through enough. So can we go see the maker now? We can try, but I do ask you to meet with the person who I came here to meet with. Hopefully, I'd like them to speak to you as well. Okay. And then you may do what you want. Okay. Hello, I'm about to send the men away. Uh, uh why? Because... We need them for our cover, yes? Why? Because we're a platoon. We were a platoon on a secret mission that Vivaldi did not divulge to anyone. It is not... Secret to be traveling with a small army. It's a very small army. It's a very small army. It is not even a platoon anymore. The mission's yeah. over. Nine men. A brigade? <laughs> a clusterfuck. 
they don't even qualify as a clusterfuck anymore. Oh, I tried. Sorry, guys. On what schedule schedule am I meant to meet with Darbin? The only thing that you know about Darbin is that you were going to meet up with him in Santitas and that he would contact you. Okay. That's it. If we are to dispatch the men, then how do I maintain my cover? I can stand in front of you. What is your cover, Lord? I am mercenary. You're a mercenary? Yes. Yes, you work for me. Sounds like you have to stay with me. Doing what? I don't know. Whatever I want. Which is? We will meet with the man that I'm supposed to meet. Primacy? No. <laughs> no. You wanted to take down the primacy? I'm going to introduce you to the one who started it all. Started the primacy? Mm, yes and no. Kill or don't kill? Do not kill. Uh, as Adaru says that and he's like, I do we kill him or whatever? Foe looks at all of you. Look, I know that we didn't set out to be teammates. And he says it very sarcastically if that didn't come across. But if you want my help, I'm asking you to help us. My next step is to meet a man that goes by the name of Finn Boggy. He knows a lot about the inner workings of the primacy. So Bobo set up the meeting though, and I do not know what he looks like. So we're supposed to go find this man, meet with him, help him. He is part of the resistance. As soon as you say the whole part of the resistance thing, like I, I flash real quick, like a myriad of colors through the hexagonal pattern. Seth. I look at you and I go, Listen, I am here to hold the tenuous bargain we have. If you watch my ass, I watch yours. But I won't be involved in that. He lifts his hood up and he goes, Look at me. I can be picked out of any lineup. I can't be seen anywhere near that. Nor can I hide it for long if they press me. It's better for you if I don't meet this man. It's fine. Let me handle one thing at a time. But if there's any man who can make you disappear like you want to, it should be the one we're about to meet. I promise that. What do you mean? I think it's best you meet with him. So Foe goes over to the men, pulls out a bag of gold, and he starts talking to them. He starts handing out gold, and he starts nodding to all of them. And, like, you guys can quietly hear that he's telling them that their duty has been served. I mean, I go with him. If you're with him, then you hear, You are no longer under Vivaldi's command. You did not sign on with me. So I'm giving you the right, seeing as this journey went so poorly and you lost many brothers. Take this money. Enjoy Santitas. In about a week, please check in with the barracks. Get new others. Tell them that Inquisitor Foe has disbanded this platoon. I will put in the paperwork. They will know you are coming. You fought honorably and bravely, men. Enjoy your stay in Santitas. And as he says that, the Yoon phone goes off. How many Yoon phones, Jay? All the Yoon phones in town. God. <laughs> which is decidedly more than you'd expect. You see a lot of people, like, look up, like, kind of startled, like, oh. And then it starts, they all just start floating, and they basically just create, like, a giant mirage over Santitas, where they all sort of shine this commercial. Hi. Welcome to Yoonphone. Here's a commercial for one of the many products that you can find through the Yoonphone right now. Do you feel trapped? Do you feel stagnant? Does the constant state of conflict on the borders cause you anxiety? Is your labor and work slowly eroding your very will to live, like an abrasive, unending rasp upon the tender wood of your very existence? Then come down to Santita. Santitas. 
Once a small hamlet deep in the northern hills of Silesian, now a major economic and military milestone of the primacy. Ever since we established our foothold firmly into the area, we've been expanding the city beyond its meager origins and bringing into the north all the technological advances and artificery that the great nation of Bree has to offer. Santitas is the city of the future. And now that the underground rail system has been repaired and fully tested, you too can visit the wonders we have in store for only a few hundred coin. Enjoy our local cuisine, visit the monument to the Battle of the Spire, or get lost in Beggar's Market and test your luck at the many card and game halls therein. Don't worry about rebels or wildlings. Our Santitian Warforge keep the streets safer than the King's Palace. Bring your energy, though. There's much to do, and we hope to send you home drained and content, having achieved a catharsis that we know we all need in this day and age. Santitas. Santitas. Where dreams come true. As you guys look around at everybody whose phones blow up, you also notice that, like, a lot of people are milling around. Some of these people come out, it looks like they haven't slept in days, some of them stepping out, like, into the daylight. Or, not even daylight, it's just, like, late evening, and they're looking like it's too bright for them. People look tired, <laughs> but you see these men look around and they get excited. They're like, oh my god, did we get the vacation in Santitas? Ha! Maybe this wasn't so bad. <laughs> oh, don't tell my wife that I stayed here. Don't, don't tell her. She looks, hey, what happens in Santitas, right? And all those platitudes that one says. Viva Santites, eh? Viva Santites. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so, since the men are departing, uh, Adairu does what he came to do, and he slits all their throats. No. Um, right in the middle of the city square. After all that bullshit. No, he, uh, he reminds them all of the things that he told them about, like, better ways to live. Hello, are you coming with us? Get off the grid and all that shit. Yeah, I... No, I, I know I know you're big on all of that, but, like, have you ever enjoyed yourself, ever? There are modern no. things, like, that you could you should get to know. Halor just looks him dead in the eye and says, no. Wow. But I have orders to stay with Commander Fo. Ah. Uh, but, Halor, there are whores. <laughs> <laughs> what? There are women who will sleep with you for money. You don't know what a whore is? Why? I believe he means sex workers. Halor. For money. Why would you pay them? Because they require it. Because it's a job. Yes. Women don't just sleep. Why does Nine know so much about sex workers? <laughs> I told you, man, we gotta release the sexy Warforge commercial. Have you never been to a pleasure house, Alor? To be fair, Nine is from Sentitas. Uh Nine holds no reservations about sex work. No one should. Why would the women not just sleep with you? Why would coin be because required? Because they have bills to pay and they are good at it. You know what they say, if you're good at something, don't do it for free. Don't do it for free. I am very confused. Well, I know I know a sex worker who can help unconfuse you. Hello, if you have time, meet with us. We will be partying. Which one should we hit first, man? The best pleasure houses anywhere are here. The Spearman Albear. The Spearman Albear. Yes, pleasure workers. <laughs> God damn it. They do that. They fuck off. They go clubbing. <laughs> Yeah, they fuck off, and they fuck on, and they f they fuck away. As they leave, Fo nods at the rest of you, and he says, like, let's go. And you guys head away from the, the strip, so to speak. Commander Fo, I have a question. Yes, Aderu. We can dispense with the names. 
Why, why do women not sleep with your men? <laughs> well, they are not my men anymore. But uh, I imagine because they grew up in a location that was sexually repressed and thus view sex as a transactional thing. Must you pay women to sleep with you as well? <laughs> Roll insight. <laughs> I told you, my objective was to make foe uncomfortable. That's not one, because my dice hate me. <laughs> oh, shit. And on the table, because Halor has no cultural context here. Uh, he's low-key a man of the cloth. That has never happened. Uh, Reisk. <laughs> Reisk, I'm going to give you the nudge you need to notice this, just because it's 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 uh, your language. He turns a slightly deeper shade of pink than he already is. Fo, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, are you Kreskin? <laughs> huh? Reyes turns to Halor and goes there's, there's no need for questions We have things to do Ask about his personal life On personal time And if you want to experience a pleasure house Take the gold you've taken And give it to one of the women And then he turns Have you been to a pleasure house? Uh, Reyes turns back to you <laughs> What did I just say? God damn it Fo Why'd you rope me in on this? This is your problem. You're asking too many questions. You guys get to a quieter side of town. You guys head north into the city proper. There's It's more of a sort of janky, constructed wooden buildings. It looks like people have shops and homes this way, but it starts to get a little bit more rut down. What does that building do? That is a flipperer's cart. What is this building? That is a home. What is this workforce here for? To make sure you don't do anything stupid. I'm here with you. And that is your job, Nine. Make sure he does not do anything stupid. <laughs> Nine, do you know this Warforged unit? No, we don't, like, all know each other. Specious. <laughs> yeah. Racist. You see that the Warforged... Construct is... The Warforged presence starts to diminish as you get away from the strip. And they breeds for the first time in, like, an hour and a half. <laughs> yes, they are disconcerting, are they not? Why? Because they represent a threat of force. Do I? To some. Oh, okay. To those who do not understand that you are different. The people who have owned you in the past, have they ever ordered you to kill someone? Yes. And did you do it? Yes, they ordered me to. They said the maker, well, they said the maker said to do it, but I know now that that is wrong. Yes, well, the people know that you could kill that easily. Oh. Was, was it wrong for me to do that? I don't know. If you were just a tool, it would be like asking if the sword did something wrong when it was used to kill a man. But I don't know with you. Okay. Maybe I can ask the maker. So you guys finally get to this area, and he kind of stops, and it's really run down, like, poor place. You see that there seem to be, like, homeless people shambling around. So you guys set up, and he kind of posts up, and he sits around, and he's like, well, this is the awkward part. Um... We're supposed to be here. Just before he goes in there, before he, he deals with this man, as we approach the area and he's like, this is almost it. Reyes looks at him, kind of pulls Foe to the side and says, does this have anything to do with this? And he presents, as secretly as possible, the patch he was given by Eric. The, the Knights of the Flame. Uh, the Blue Flame? The Blue Dawn? Yes. I don't, I don't believe so. Okay. And he tucks it away deep and... Point two comes out of nowhere at the mention of Eric. Uh, I didn't <laughs> mention Eric. 
because I'm not gonna put <laughs> yeah, they didn't on say blast it. like that. He just showed the pack. <laughs> so you guys get there and like he says, and I don't know if he's gonna be here right away. We're supposed to show up, and I imagine that me being me in an Inquisitor's outfit, they'll show up soon. Uh, in the meantime, maybe we can just get the drink and wait. And he kind of nods at a, like a small little like alehouse, not like a full tavern or anything. It's just a place where people can get a cheap beer. And he says, Let, "Let's wait. I don't know how long it will take." You mean it's a stall along the street where people can just drink in the streets in this city? What a wild city that is! Yeah, yeah, man. This is a weird city. This is a great place to be. Do they sell oversized cups filled with alcohol so much you might die? Uh, maybe you might have to order one. <laughs> I love chubby Thursdays. They have novelty cups, one shaped like a guitar, one shaped like a lute. They serve drinks in Kreskin bowls. <laughs> like their skull? That's that's <laughs> concerning. The fishbowl. Oh, <laughs> the fishbowl. I, see. I got where you were going. It's so good. Yeah, you get up there and they have these novelty cups. They've got one shaped like a loot, another one is shaped like a skull, another one is a big old thing, and it's just labeled the the Kreskin special, and it's a fucking fishbowl the size of fucking Nine's head. Do you want to go, like, quarters on a fishbowl? I think that's enough for everybody. I narrow my eyes and go, It's the Kreskin special. I think I'll get my own. Can I have the bowl when we're done? <laughs> Seth looks at the party. Then what are you gonna drink? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah, fucking. I, I assume that that Reyes goes no and just orders one for himself. <laughs> that is exactly what happens. Reyes just does a does a handstand, puts his whole head in the bowl. Reyes realizes that he can get alcohol here, and he hasn't had any version of drug in a while. And in this moment, he's like, oh yes. Yeah, no, everybody watches you predatorily take on a Kreskin bowl. And right before, like, he hands you this big old blue pitcher of liquid, and right before you're about to, like, swipe it, the bartender's like, hold on, hold on. That's two gold pieces for the two balls. And, and he take he pulls out this doll that's shaped like you. It's like, oh, hey, you're, you're one of these. And he flips it upside down, and a bunch of red shit comes out of the top of its head. He dumps it. <laughs> he dumps it in the bowl. I slap down five gold and take the thing and go, thank you. And, and like slink off and just fucking down the sleep. Like, like, Wait, can I have that? The little doll? Yeah. Yeah, it comes with the bowl. Thank you. Do, do you want mine or the the one that? No, there's one in each. Okay. Cause I slunk off. <laughs> He's got his. He's got. <laughs> That's mine. It's my Kreskin doll. I just I just want a little Reyes doll. The Lord applies the knowledge he has of this new culture. Hello. <laughs> Uh, Rask, uh, you get one bowl in after you slap down the money when your Yoon phone goes off. And it, and it's just a little note, and it says, You hear? Meet me behind the Prancing Goblin. Hello. <laughs> or you have to order something. And it's from Darbin. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, give me that? What do you point at? <laughs> I don't, he doesn't, don't know. The skull, I guess. The skull. Can I uh, read? Uh, yeah, I think so. Is he like educated? I think he can read common poorly. He can read simple words, and let me tell you, if it's Vegas, he can read the signs here. Five silver skull cocktail. Uh, y yes. And uh, Halor hands him uh, five silver. Uh, to Halor's refined palate, as a man who's tried many a berry. You, you give him five silver and you realize that this drink 
is a lot of juice. Like, it's not nearly alcoholic enough. Not that uh, Halor would really understand how alcoholic things should be, but it's it's a lot of juice. Halor, not a fan of alcohol, likes it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great smoothie. <laughs> Rask, you get that message, what do you do? I mean, upon receiving it, I finish my drink, unless I'd already finished it beforehand. You just put it on, it's like gills. Yeah. That's why it's the Kreskin special. It just sockets over your shoulder blades. Makes a suction cup sound. Actually, my gills are right on the... Where my gills would be are what look like ears on my head almost. Yeah. He's got like an uh, an axolotl kind of a thing going on, right? We decided. A little bit. Slightly, yeah. They kind of look like pointed elf ears, like but it. they're really Whatever. just the gills. Yes. So what do you do? Axolot elf. <laughs> so I walk over to Foe. I go, I have to go. Foe realized that he ended up with a whole bowl to himself because Nine doesn't drink and Adaru apparently ordered his own cocktail. Is just looking, oh, no. <laughs> I, mean, I, can, I can help you with that. I won't really do anything for my Wait, do you have something for me? Uh, no, I need the help. It's too big. Do <laughs> you have something that I can drink? You see the, the bartender looks at you like really like, no, I, I don't serve Warforged. We don't serve your cat. Not, not, not even. Like, it's never come up. <laughs> Shut yeah, yeah. It's, it's really like a, what, what would you possibly even drink? What? No, <laughs> I don't have motor oil. What the fuck? Oh, okay. What do you drink? Some type of lubricant or sap? I don't know how you fucking things work. There's a drink called the Warforged Motor Oil, and he has to explain to nine. No, it's, it's not for you. No, it's just called that. Yeah. No, it's not actually. Thank you for my stuff talk. You're welcome. Is this your unit, sir? Is Does it always act like this? Hello. <laughs> Hello. It is malfunctioning. Yes, yes. Y- yes. Yes, hello, hello. Yes, is this my unit? No. I, I mean, yes, it always acts like this. It is fine. Uh, Seth, what do you want? Uh, Seth plonks a straw in your bowl and <laughs> drinks like a quarter of it and goes... <laughs> thank, oh, thank you. Thanks so much. And then goes... Supposed to meet with it. I'm being requested to meet my handler. I may not be able to be here. How long will this could take an hour? Hurry back. Do not take too long. I will. Plonks the straw back in. <laughs> and then slings off. <laughs> Just trades him. Trades bowls. <laughs> Gives him his empty one, takes the half that's remaining. Yeah, his. yeah and, and, and Foda sort of looks at it and goes, he shrugs and goes, This works. Chris, <laughs> can I have your empty bowl? It's in Foe's head. <laughs> yeah, he just fucking gives it to you. He doesn't care. Yeah. yeah, no, you shouldn't have told me that it's the size of Nine's head, because I just want to wear it. Because of that knowledge, I am going to have to ask Chris to roll a contract, because that is officially a lot of liquor. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's do it. Roll a brain freeze check. <laughs> no, there's no ice. This is still medieval times. Uh, there's just, no ice. <laughs> there's no ice. <laughs> there's wizards. <laughs> What'd you roll? How do you think wizards uh, stay 13. employed? They make mixed drinks. <laughs> no, 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 no. Artificers Batman. make ice machines. Are you kidding sure. me? A dodoy. We have actually made them canon. Uh, wizards make ice. Artificers make dry Artificers ice. Artificers put wizards out of business. The bartender in Freehill literally asked Nine to fix his ice machine, so we know they exist. So, yes. you leave, you make it across town. It's back a little bit, but it's sort of like in an older section where some of the older taverns are trying to get crew, but it's like, these are the, the cheaper casinos and, and places of ill repute that you find off the beaten path. You know, the original Main Street. Ah, uh, yes. Old Town. Old Town. Like, um, oh, Fremont. Yes, yes, that's the one. I see you two are degenerate. All right, so 
you you show up and eventually you find this back alley behind the tavern it smells of trash and refuse and vomit but deep in the dark you see the telltale firefly of a lit cigarette that you know to be darvin hiding in the back yeah i approach with my same with my usual discretion and slinkiness you're trying to stealth up on him boy bud i mean you know i'm not trying to stealth up on him he knows i'm coming okay just trying to not draw attention to him going there. Exactly. Hey, Seth. Hello, Darby. So you, you see that the, the light comes back up to his face and shines on his face, and he looks just fucking, like, tired, like, emotionally drained, sort of like. And then his cigarette, he takes a puff, and he pulls it away, and he's like, all right, what the fuck happened? Vivaldi became unhinged. He began attacking the men, specifically foe. I do what though I was told to stand with Vivaldi. I was I wasn't there at the beginning of his altercation, only as it came to its end. And what end was that exactly? Foe killed Vivaldi. Roll deception. Something I'm not good at. Hang on, guys. I'll help him. Hello. <laughs> From down the alley. That gives him advantage, right, Jay? I helped. No. Damn it. Uh, 12. His eyebrow furrows. You are under contract with Vivaldi. Yes. You are under his employ. Straight from Griddle. Do you understand what that means? Yes, I understand what it means. That Griddle gave you to Vivaldi. Under contract, so you had to be paid, but you had to do everything he said, and you're telling me that he lost his mind, and you had nothing to do with it. That you weren't involved in the fight at all, because I don't buy that. At all. You're lying to me. You're right. I am lying. I'm lying to you because I was involved. Listen. That fight. That fight came at me. Why? Look, with all these gone, you think you're going to, that you're going to have to face Griddle. I am your handler, but you have to be honest with me. I can help you if I can, but you have to tell me what's going on. Do you understand? Vivaldi did become unhinged, and he began to strike out in several directions. One of which being you. Why? Yes, because I was associated with the people he didn't trust. Because I... Who did he not trust? He didn't trust the war for bought, which makes little sense to me. He didn't trust his fellow Inquisitor foe. He didn't trust any of the men. He searched us. He berated us and attempted to blow us up. So let me get this straight. Hold on, hold on. So, foe, that's the Inquisitor you came into town with? Yes. Saw you guys. My question to you was this. Why are you and him and these people so buddy-buddy if you were with Vivaldi when everything went down? What makes them trust you? If Vivaldi doesn't trust you, what did you do to gain their trust? I was just another one that Vivaldi struck out at. Our bond comes from our mutual endangerment by Vivaldi. You know that Griddle doesn't give a fuck about your mutual endangerment. Yes, I'm aware. Listen, Darbin. 
It was my life at risk, but I still tried not to get involved, just avoid being killed. It was a fucking inquisitor. High inquisitor at that. Yeah, who you were supposed to be working for. Yes, and when he tried to kill me, I didn't return a favor. Still not buying this story. Look, listen here. If he didn't trust Foe, why? You say he was unhinged. Over what? We were deprived of food and water for four days. That bothered the Inquisitor? It's what it seemed like. Now it's your turn to roll insight. Ooh, this is the one I'm good at, 19. All right. Yeah, you don't think he's buying any of this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Darbin, um, Darbin looks at you. Really? That's... That's what's going on. He lost he lost his mind and attacked you. That and some of his things went missing. Well, that's all it took, huh? Steal a few of his belongings, he's gonna kill you. Now that is legitimately kinda of the big set off. So I'm not even lying on that one. No, I, no I, I get to kill everybody, but I'm trying to figure out did you take his things? No. Then why is he trying to kill you? And I Now I don't know, this is important. I don't know that he was poisoned too. Right? No. So that might No, be you wouldn't him, have known right? that. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, but my life was in danger. So back to the question. Why are you still with these people? Do they do they know what you do? Do they know who you are? The, the other Inquisitor knows. I stuck with him on the way here because he was next in command. And though I'm uncertain if he committed treason, I am certain. The path back here was treacherous for nine days alone. Vivaldi's Vivaldi's mission was dubious at best. It's I'm not sure about this person foe because you're not telling me. Tell you what, you fucked up. What you're gonna do is stay close to this foe and you're gonna report back to me. And maybe if we get the right information back to Griddle, he'll get off both of our asses. Hopefully. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Yes. Stay with foe. And report everything back and to me. Report, of course. Do you have what I need? Are you fucking kidding me right now? You fucked this up on a monumental scale and you're gonna ask me if I can get you something? Yeah, I got what you f He hands you three doses, three days worth of geish powder. Or of locust powder. Yeah, I snatched it up. You are fucking ridiculous. Get yourself together. How'd you run out, anyway? We were attacked by the Broken Circle. Like, how long ago? You don't look good. A rat ate all my supply. I've been out for 11 days. He shakes his head. A rodent ate your very expensive drugs. Made... Okay, fine, yeah. Go watch these people. Tell me what they're doing. Go now. I can't... I can't right now. I've got to talk to Griddle. Calm him down. He is gonna talk to you again, because now, his man, who you were supposed to be working with, is fucking gone. So whatever Griddle wants, you're it. You're gonna have to give it to him. You ready to talk to Griddle directly? Because it's coming. At the thought of that, Reyes begins to, to flash colors, and his eyes kind of dart around, and there's a puddle on the ground. Yeah, basically. He inked. He kind of doesn't look at Darwin and goes, I'm not... I'm not excited about <laughs> No shit. Neither am I. Well, you know how it is. I haven't really been having a great time since he's been 
really raining down on the back of my neck. You know, I have other things that I'm trying to figure out. I don't need to be his little messenger boy trying to put together the pieces of this fucked up operation. Seth, lock your shit down, do your drugs, get your mind back in the game, because you've just been upgraded from assassin to spy. Cue 007 music. Reyes looks at the locust powder that he has in his hands and he's like, Diamond in you. Thank you. I'm sorry. Fucking slinks off and immediately unwraps one in the little things. <laughs> Doesn't even make it out of the alleyway. Yeah. So yeah, do you head back to the group? Do you meet back up? Yeah, of course. You slink back in and focus. Hello. <laughs> Fuck. This really will be funny. And you've gotten enough. I love it. I love it so goddamn much. There's enough quiet hellos that you can just edit these in. Just randomly. Yeah, no, they're ready to go. They're, they're the right pitch already. They're they're very good. I'm so excited. Yeah. You walk in and Foe looks up from uh, the Kreskin bowl that he's barely he drinking. still has the same empty bowl. Yeah, it's the same one. And Nine's wearing one. It's like, took you long enough, but luckily no one's shown up. As you come in, you, you pass by, like, this hobo who fucking bumps into you for a second. And then he's like, excuse me, sir. Could you spare spare some coin? Reyes kind of slinks, uh, like, uh, recoils after he speaks to him, having not really expected it. You and... are poor! Well, like, he just, <laughs> you know. Not again. It's not often that I would bump into somebody. Yeah. You know? So conscious of it. So I think I recoil a little, and uh, I look at him up and down as he's looking at me, which is weird. Most would recoil away with this close of a look. Yeah. Uh, and of note, he bumped into him inside the bar, and you guys have been sitting here for a while, did not notice him enter at any point. This guy apparently has been sitting here with you guys for a while. I first check my coin purse right out the gate. Okay. Uh, it's there. Okay. And then I reach in, and I grab a silver and give him a silver. Here. Yeah. Go ahead and give me uh, a perception check real quick, though, for checking your coin purse. Sure. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, oh, and I get advantage. Why? The owlbear cloak. Ah. Uh, the first one was the best. 21. Okay. As you're patting down your coin purse and you're checking yourself out, he's like, um, I didn't take anything. The money's fine. And he just sort of shuffles out of the room, but you realize your dagger's gone as he turns the corner of the door. Uh, I go after him. Do it. Sick on. As you run out of the door, Foe kind of perks up. He's like, and he waves everybody. He's like, what, what's going on? And he comes and he runs out with you guys. Uh, as you exit the door, you see the the tail end of this man's tatted cloak kind of zip around a back corner. Yeah, I uh, I turn around the corner. Granted, my dagger's not worth much, but he stole something from me, and I, I gave him money. <laughs> Seth, what is the problem? What happened? He took my dagger. Do you keep chasing? Yeah, no, I follow him around the corner. I'm not going to chase him for long. I follow him around the corner, though. You guys all follow him around the corner, and once again, he seems to be moving very quickly. This old man... You barely got a good look at his face. But you see that he's whipping over a fence post. You know, he's, he's hopping a fence. Seth, who is that? I just want to make sure I don't have a special dagger that he could have stolen. <laughs> it's whatever dagger you had that was your weapon. Like, your one that you have, like, close at hand. The easiest one for you to get. Okay, yeah. I guess it would be your back sword, technically? Yeah, if he stole my back sword, I'm going after him, for sure. Yeah, no, it, it's your back sword. It's your weapon. Yeah, uh, Halor's coming up 16 athletics. Sure. My homie's in distress. I'm not gonna let him hang. That'd be rude. You stole my sword. As you're reali- like realizing the full extent, like your backsword's gone, Adaru dashes past you 
after this man. And you see Adaru clear this fence, like, in just two little skips, like, off the wall, and he's over it. As he lands in front, Adaru, you see that that man is already further down field than you would think. He's hightailing it out. And way faster than you'd think an old man would make it. Because he rolled an 18 plus stuff for his athletic. Yeah. I bolt after him, being able to move slightly faster than everybody else. You and Adaro, I think, are similar pace. <laughs> oh, well, you with your bump. Yeah. When it comes to a chase, I'm bonus action bullshit I don't do. You gotta roll athletic. Okay, fair enough. I don't think I have proficiency in athletics. So. Does Seth have a passive move increase? No, he does not. But he has a bonus. The way I figure it is that as far as, like, speed goes, when it comes to a chase, it's not about moving in a straight line or getting set up for, like, a combat. It's about moving through a crowded square. It's about not bumping into things that slow you down. It's literally, jog, like, sprinting. So, athletics check. Okay. He's parkouring. Yeah, he's parkouring. I'm parkouring. I'm going to ask, if he's parkouring, would acrobatics as a role work for parkouring along with him? As opposed to athletics, which would just be, like, the endurance of it. That feels fair. Sure. Acrobatics is doing flips and shit, so I'll allow it. Right. That's why I, I thought it would apply here. Uh, with acrobatics, I rolled a 22. Okay. You get up on the roof and try to, like, like hop from one roof to the next to get, like, a head start because he still has to run through streets where he currently is. And uh, you do gain the drop on him. You land in front of him, in fact, and he turns immediately down another pathway as Adaru comes and meets up with you and you guys chase after him. Foe and Nine are bringing up the rear and Foe kind of turns to Nine and he's like, does this seem strange to you? <laughs> Fair enough. I think this is our man. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Up in the lead with Rayisk, Adaru just pulls out his axe and holds it up like, is it time? That to Foe? To, no, to, to Seth. Oh. Because they will drop a dude in the street. He doesn't know better. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I know the sort of common laws of Sentitas. Yes. Is that a bad idea? It's a bad idea, right? It's a total bad idea. Yeah, no, it's a it's a military state patrolled by giant robocops. Yeah, it's probably a bad call. Yeah, I uh, emphatically shake my head no. Like, don't even try. Oh, my God. Please don't. Adair's confused. Uh, he just tucks it back into his waistline as he keeps running. And as we're running, I... I put the two fingers up to my eyes, and then as we pass a Warforge, I point at it like they're watching. You continue chasing with that information. Yes. So, yeah, you guys keep chasing him down pathways. I need you guys to roll perception check. Actually, no, you don't. You guys have passives that are higher. Nine's the only one who wouldn't succeed this one. You guys realize, after he's pointed out the Warforged, that wherever this guy is forcing you to go... It is away from the Warforged presence. There's fewer and fewer as you chase him. Okay. Um, there he knows what that means. He holds up the axe again. No. Uh, I still shake my head kind of, at, like, not as emphatically, but like, not yet. Roll athletics again. Same, bud. Uh, 14. Insignificant. I mean, what'd you roll? <laughs> Uh, eight. All right, so you guys turn a final corner and you see him run. And once again, Rayisk sees like a building that he can just hop over. Like he's like, I'm going to go up. And he once again comes down and you guys have him boxed into like this little square. Foe and Nine start to come huffing and puffing, but they're a few hundred feet away. You see that he brandishes your back sword out at you. And standing in front of you is this 
old man. He appears to be probably in his 60s or 70s. He's a disheveled-looking man with a long, patchy, unkempt beard, and he looks like he hasn't bathed in days. But your keen eyes see that despite his tatty cloak, the knife and the leather he wears beneath are in good condition, if a bit dirty. And he smells a bit. Adara notices that as well. And as he brandishes his backsword at, at you, Rayusk, he says, All right, then. What brings someone like you, a member of the Potheosis, to Santitas? Hello! Dirty 20. To do what? To what? Yeah. To spear him. Just to tackle him. Okay, that's an athletics check? Yes. Athletics versus athletics or acrobatics. A dirty 20. Dirty 20. All right. Uh, as he as he brandishes his backsword at you, Adaru takes him in the midriff. The man's Hello. surprisingly solid. He tries to keep his footing, and he doesn't go down fully, but you fucking bring him down to, like, a knee, and uh, he starts to try to get his uh, bearings a little bit. That does not belong to you. And Adaru's just going to try to take the sword from him. That's Adaru's objective. As that happens, Reyes stands to his full, pretty tall height, you know, and uh, looks at the man and goes, What do you know of the apotheosis? Roll again as you try to take the sword from him, but... Nah, uh, 17. Yeah, I rolled a nat 20. You try to get the sword from him, and he just knees you right in the fucking mouth and, break, and breaks free. He, uh, he brandishes the sword to both of you, and he's like, One more move. Do you understand? Foe Fo runs up finally with nine. He's like, Hold on, hold on! Wait! No need to fight. Yet. He has Seth's knife. Why are you stealing our things? So, this character... Lowers the knife a little bit and looks at Foe. I was told that I was supposed to meet with a young tiefling. Give him the go-about. No one told me he'd be showing up with a apotheosis assassin, a terrorist, and a fucking warforged. Hi! I look at him and go, If you know what I am, then why be brave enough to steal my weapon? He cocks his head and he stands up straight and he's like, If you don't know what I am, what makes you think I would do that, blatantly, if I didn't think I could back it up? I narrow my eyes. I know more about you than you do about me, mate. Try it. Who are you? When he says try it, there just looks at Commander Foe and his orders. Uh, excuse me, are you Finboggy? The old man stands up straight, and he puts the knife down, and he's like, Who's asking? The, the Finboggy, the first Inquisitor. Yeah. That's me. Ah! Hey, Tavern Goers. Thanks again for listening to Torchlit Tavern. 
Today's tale featured Mitchell Travis as Atheru, Jeffrey Lisk as Rayask, Ryan Santos as Number 9, and Jameson Oxford as the Dungeon Master. You can follow us and interact with us on Twitter at Torchlit Tavern, or email us with any of your most pressing questions at torchlittavern at gmail.com. You can also find our entertainers on the streets of twitch.tv slash torchlittavern, yelling obscenities at passersby. If you enjoyed our tale, you can tip your storytellers as you leave the tavern, which you can do via patreon.com backslash torchlittavern. Every little bit helps, and those who tip well and often can find themselves privy to an extra story or two, jokes, or maybe even a bit of hidden lore. Our story continues to grow all the time, and though we have no designs on a vast empire, your help is always appreciated. Our theme music for this campaign was designed by the bard, Brett Eagleston. Get his music at bretteagleston.bandcamp.com or find links for all his projects by following Bread Eagles on Twitter. This episode was edited and produced by Jameson Oxford and Ryan Santos. Other music and sound effects are provided by Epidemic Sound with help from freesound.org. And if you should find yourself surrounded by eager ears and attentive listeners, remember to tell good stories.